Blog Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. 
I'm writing this to you I really hope you hear my heart When thinking about describing you I really don't know where to start Can't start at the beginning Cause you are before the beginning Way before the beginning And this fallen world's distorted opinions It was just a holy trinity Ruling from infinity Glory blazed tremendously Loving one another endlessly Billions and billions of years ago Outside of what we know as time Nobody else was there to know But Lord, here's the thing that blows my mind As long ago as that was Long ago as that was, you have not changed, Lord. Oh Lord, Lord, Lord. As long ago, as long ago, as long ago as that was, you're still the same. You have not changed. What can that mean? But my God is immutable. Immutable, you are beautiful. You never change. You remain the Supreme by far, not just because of what you do, but simply because of who you are. There's none like you in existence. You are God and you need no assistance. Even though we show you resistance, you sent Jesus to close the distance that existed between God and man. According to your sovereign plan, we changed many times in one lifespan. I changed even since this song began. Lord, I'm so glad that you're not like us. All that you do will certainly last. You are the rock that we can trust. Shows us back in eternity past. As long ago as that was. As long ago as that was, you have not changed, Lord, oh Lord, Lord, Lord. As long ago, as long ago, as long ago as that was, you're still the same, you have not changed. What can that mean? But my God is immutable. Immutable, you are beautiful, you never change, you remain the About my ups and downs, all of my inconsistencies, all of my idiosyncrasies. Still, you pursue relentlessly. At times, I wonder how this can be. Surely, it's because of the cross. When Jesus paid the full penalty and bore the burden of sin's great cost. I'm saved by grace and faith in God. I look to Christ and I trust He died. So, even though I'm being sanctified, I can't be any more justified. His work is finished, that cannot change. And with this knowledge, I am free. Forever, this grace, it will remain. Because of what happened on Calvary. As long ago as that was. Long ago as that was, you have not changed, Lord, oh Lord, Lord, Lord. As long ago, as long ago, as long ago as that was, you're still the same, you have not changed. What can that mean? But my God is immutable. Immutable, you are beautiful, you never change, you remain the same. Immutable, beautiful, you never change, never change, forever you reign, you remain the same, you will never change, you will never change, immutable, beautiful, you never change, never change.
Let me start this off with a hallelujah to Jesus, the sovereign ruler. This is not a rumor. Got the truth, so we about to school you. Check out a style maneuver. Shout it to you like the loudest group of Christ. Put us up from out the sewer. We don't have to doubt the future. Crashing our verses as we bask in his worship. You asking the purpose, partly to fetch hats from the furnace. To Jesus' extravagant service, immaculate purchase. He was smashing the serpent, and we only scratching the surface. He's the seed that was conceived in the womb of a virgin. The sun emerges in the manger while the angels serenade him. It's the birth of the Savior. The greater I am became a man, came as a lamb, and would be executed to execute the plan to substitute the sand. In the place of the wicked on the cross, he was lifted, but we considered him stricken and afflicted, just like the prophets predicted. He came at the proper moment to stop his opponent and lay down his life to offer atonement. He's the most magnificent, the total antithesis of insufficient, the blessed, the glorious, splendid, transcendent, difficult to comprehend, independent of space and time, but presently present, suspending the heavens with speech. From coast to coast, he speaks peace to wind and seas, got heavenly hosts, easily posted on bended knees, controls the cosmos with the most authority, so we both in a Exalted King Christ the Priest. He's the sovereign thriller, the awesome healer, the law fulfiller, the solemn killer, the fraud revealer. No God is realer, yeah. When you're taking your time in the scripture, what you get is a prominent picture. See his light shining bright in the night and it's bright in the might and the dominant mixture. See his name at all the renown, though. When he came for the loss that he found, though, he was tamed and floss all around but remained for the manger, the cross, or the clown. Yo, Satan had a trick hold on him. Fight for the rope but doping in. All to the eyes of the S to the E to the N, that's what we hoping in. Risen on his spell check, the risen king can rinse clean the most rebellious. I was hell bound, now I'm spellbound. Word is born. I'm a bond servant to the word of life. Uh, call me a sellout. I was fought with a price. We gotta hope it won't fail us when we return to the dust. We will rise up just like the one who justified us. It's not wishful thinking when the truth's sinking. We are clinging to the promises of God bringing an everlasting kingdom. Nothing can compare to the worth of what we inherited. Nothing in heaven on earth can measure what Christ merited. The skies declare the affairs of his glorious care. The God who is there, who's aware, who delights in our prayer. His purposes are permanent and perfectly Proportionate, everything that orbits around his glory subordinate. He is the most excellent one, intrinsic, infinite son, preeminent the name, par excellence, prenom, phenomenon. He's beyond phenomenon, you see, the father of cosmology, the abba of astronomy. He's part of we, a pottery. It's shocking Jesus died for me. The father, he adopted me and constantly provides for me. Whether or not I got degrees, you gotta see his odyssey from sovereignty and lottery to poverty and robbery to resurrected bodily apocalyptic prophecy. He's stopping all the mockery and scholarly snobbery that don't acknowledge him properly. You ought to be on bended knee before the preeminent. It's awfully arrogant to reject him to your detriment. Study the development from Old and New Testament. You'll find a theme that's prevalent from age to age. It's relevant. Crisis on its center stage. Forget religious sentiments. The center on man with something less is what you're settling. He is the most excellent. Exercising benevolence and blessing a remnant with the benefits of his inheritance. Yeah. The sin of sinners that separated and segregated that severed the relations between man and his maker and placed Christ on his costly cross and compensated his life death and resurrection emancipated and gave us freedom from it all freedom from the effects of the fall freedom from adam and eve in the garden of eden and from the law so the saints stand and applaud his grace and glorious cause with hands raised praising his name singing glory to god
question. What is the gospel? My experience, most professing Christians do not know the answer. I've asked many, and their responses have ranged from the gospel, huh, to the gospel is Matthew, Mark, Ringo, and John. All the way to the gospel is a story of a good example from a good teacher named Jesus. That is not how the Bible defines good news. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, for I am not ashamed of, there's our word, it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. In other words, the gospel is the good news that our sins can be forgiven through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Now, that's what John 3.16 says. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Charles Spurgeon understood that verse as being kind of important. The Prince of Preachers said, if the Lord's bearing our sin for us is not the gospel, I have no gospel to preach. The implications of this good news, huge. Number one, the gospel demolishes all works-based systems. Number two, the gospel is a stumbling block that says, no, you can't earn your way to heaven. Jesus did. You can't. Number three, the gospel is about Jesus, not merely the story of salvation. That's an easy mistake to make. We talk a lot these days about the gospel is great, the gospel is grubalicious, the gospel is amazing. All of that is true, but let's not forget the gospel is not mere theology. The gospel is about Jesus. It should cause us to love him more. And finally, implication number four, the gospel is the central message of the Bible. Big question. Indeed. What is the gospel? Short answer. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ, the God-man who died for sinners that we might be saved. Making professional videos is neither inexpensive nor easy, which is why... That is from Wretched, and that is big questions, short answers, and that is what is on what is the gospel. And you can find them on YouTube as W-R-E-T-C-H-E-D, Wretched, and also Wretched.org, that's their website. And they got radio shows, they got TV shows, and they got uh, good resources for you. Uh, videos uh, like DVDs and other things. So check that out, wretched.org, W-R-E-T-C-H-E-D dot O-R-G. And just to read Melissa Cantrell here on Truthy Talk Radio. Let's see. Try and get the, the lesson uploaded, but not uploaded yet. So we will do this 
here is Those Vicious Wapas Guys here on Trippy Tori.
had of Haiti, the largest, most powerful earthquake in the region's history. The federal judge's ruling is allowed to stand. This year's National Day of Prayer could likely be the country's last. I will be done. I'm off. The number of hungry people worldwide has reached 1 billion for the first time since 
question. I don't think so. Why is there evil in the world? And why do so many pastors couch and soften me and tell oh, this is a tough one to talk about. Oh, I don't want to make you feel bad about this. Hold on. Every doctrine in the Bible is magnificent. So let's see what the Bible says. Ephesians chapter 2, God being rich in mercy because of his great love, even when we were dead in our sins, he made us alive together with Christ by grace alone and raised us up with Jesus and seated us with him in Christ Jesus in the heavenly places so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. In other words, God created a perfect planet knowing that human beings would sin. Why? So that he could send his son to die for them, so that God could be glorified for being an amazingly kind, loving, patient, and merciful God. It is as simple and magnificent as that. Thomas Watson, he understood that totally. God would never permit any evil if he could not bring good out of evil. Does God bring good out of evil? Joseph would say, yes. God's attributes of mercy, grace, and loving kindness could never be put on display unless he had sinners to save. Unless there was evil in the world, God's goodness could never shine as brightly. The implications, big. Number one, evil is not purposeless. Number two, while on earth, God will use evil to grow us in sanctification. God doesn't just use evil on a cosmic scale. He uses it in your life when you have various trials. You can count it all joy because it will actually grow you in sanctification. And that's a good thing, isn't it? Number three, God will one day glorify us and evil will cease to exist. Big question for some, why is there evil in the world? Short answer, God allowed slash ordained sin and evil in the world so he could demonstrate his attributes of mercy, grace, and loving kindness. Wretched, we're hip, we're technologically savvy. Would you please join us in liking, subscribing, or sharing this video. That's another one from Big Questions, Short Answers, and Someone's Why Is There Evil? From Wretched, and it looks like the file that I'm trying to upload will not upload right, so all I'm going to do is I'm going to go to the website directly and I guess a fight from there. Might not be as good audio, but I don't know. Let's see. Gotta find this. Okay. It's gonna be, um, the lesson is on creation day four. Let's see. Here we go. Um. Uh, 
hang up for it now. Wait. Oh, they're ready. Let's see. Yeah. Here we go. You can go to the farthest, most vast complexity of the universe, or you can look into the smallest complexity of the cells of the human body, and all you're going to see is the hand of an intelligent and powerful creation. about robotics, the university dean once reminded his audience that like robots, humans and other living things are just bags of tricks, very good evolved tricks. Of course, you'd expect secular scientists to accept evolution, but many churches have done the same thing by attempting to harmonize evolution with the biblical creation record. So what do you think? Did God use evolution to create the universe? John MacArthur addresses that and other questions about origins today on Grace to You Weekend as he continues his study, The Battle for the Beginning. With a look at day four of creation, here's John. Let's open our Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. We come now to day four in creation. Day four. It is described in Genesis 1, 14 through 19. Let me read that portion of scripture for you. Genesis 1 verse 14, And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and in the soul. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also. And God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. The creation is introduced in verse 1 with an overview statement. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's the summary statement. In that statement, you have everything that is knowable categorized. Herbert Spencer died in 1903. He said that all that is knowable in the universe can be summed up in five categories. Time, force, action, space, and matter. Everything that exists can fit into that. That's exactly what it says in the first verse of the Bible. In the beginning, that's time, God, that's force, created, that's action, the heavens, that's space, the earth, that's matter. It's all in that verse. What it's saying in verse 1 is simply the overview. God made the heavens and the earth as we know them now. Then starting in verse 2, it begins to describe how he did that. He did that in the six-day process. That process is described from chapter 1, verse 2, down to chapter 2, verse 3. And that's the section we're looking at in Genesis. This account of the creation of the lights defines their purpose in three functions. They're very clear. Number one function, verse 14, to separate the day from the night. Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And each of these three functions is introduced by the phrase, let there be, or let them. 
First of all, these luminous bodies were given to separate and secondly to dominate. They literally dominate our lives. Now, some have suggested that when he says signs here, he might mean something else. Well, I'm glad you suggested that. It just doesn't say that in the Bible, and I'd rather kind of stick with what God wrote here. People say, well, you know, this could refer to um, land and sea navigation by the stars. Well, it could. You know, we line up instruments with the North Star and so forth. And some have even suggested that this could be a veiled reference to the star of Bethlehem, which was assigned to the wise men, Matthew 2. Genesis tells us what the signs were. There were signs to indicate seasons and days and years. And in that way, they dominate our life. They control human life. They control human enterprise. Thirdly, first to separate, second to dominate, thirdly to elucidate or eliminate. It says in verse 15, again introducing the third category with the same phrase, and let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, just to provide light, to separate, to dominate, and to eliminate. And I love this, and it was so. Boy, is that an understatement? I mentioned of the Big Bang, which of course is a preposterous theory of evolutionists, but somewhat facetiously I said there was at once some Big Bang. It wasn't the kind of Big Bang gaseous cellular explosion that evolutionists talk about. But they have to admit that there seems to have been some rapid, explosive propelling of the universe outward to its vastness at some point. And while we reject the Big Bang theory, there certainly was a big something when God simply spoke a universe of stellar bodies into existence and instantaneously they came into existence. It was so. And remember another phrase. It's used in verse 7, and it was so. Verse 9, it was so. Verse 7, and it was so. And it's a technical phrase. And it means it was made permanent. It means that creation there was a firm and fixed and established condition. And this is the testimony, and I've mentioned him a couple of times, Umberto Casuda, who is not a Christian, who's a Jewish writer, who writing from the Jewish understanding of the, of the book of Genesis is so helpful. I have found his, his commentary more helpful than any uh, that I have read. And he really comes to grips with the Hebrew understanding of the text, and he simply says, repeatedly, this little phrase indicates that it was so and remains so through all the life of the universe. It's a way of saying something was fixed. And again, it militates against this idea of progressive creationism, that God made something that started some evolutionary process. He made it, he fixed it, it was firm, it was established. Now, as similar in the other descriptions of creation days, the work is now repeated and further defined. Look at verse uh, 16. And God made the two great lights. He's now defining these lights, the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day, and the lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also. Again, uh, beloved, I remind you, the statement is, and God made an unmistakable affirmation of divine creation, not a prolonged process. And he made the two great lights, the two great lights being those lights which dominate our life, the sun and the moon. Psalm 8, 3, 
psalmist says, when I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou dost take thought of him? God is the creator. God is the maker. Psalm 136, verses 5 to 9, praises God with these words, To him who made the heavens with skill, to him who spread out the earth above the waters, meaning separating the land from the sea, to him who made the great lights, the very same terms used in Psalm 136, the sun to rule by day and the moon and stars to rule by night. There in Psalm 136, verses 5 to 9, affirming God's creation of the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day, the lesser light to govern the night, along with the stars also. Now let's just look at the greater light to govern the day. That's the sun. Down in verse 18, to govern the day. That's the sun's function. And by the way, when it says this, we want to stop right here. We're not talking about anything that's a persona here. Uh, you know, the ancient tribes have worshipped the sun god. The Egyptians worshipped Ra, the sun god. They worshipped the god and goddess of the moon. Uh, the, the bizarre pagan idolatrous ideas that somehow the sun, the moon, and the stars are literally rulers. They are deities that govern the life of man. That's not what's intended here. Ancient Babylonian accounts make the sun and the moon and the stars into gods, endowing them with personality and intellect and will. And, and strangely enough, some of the rabbis even picked up on some of this stuff. There are rabbinic myths influenced by such paganism, which make the luminaries into persons who somehow communicate with their creator, so that some of the Jews actually got involved in worshiping the, the, the sun and the moon. And if you read Ezekiel chapter 8, you'll find an illustration there. Uh, Israelites, in the temple of God, worshiping the sun, all such idolatry, all such myth is excluded by the Old Testament. They are simply material creation who rule only in the sense that they are situated above the earth and they control its nights and they control its days and thus they control its life patterns. As I said before, they dominate. The sun being the most dominant governing the day. The lesser light, verse 16, would be the moon and it governs the night. In the same way, the sun governs the day. Its function is to cast its light over the night. It is therefore dictating to us life in the darkness. He made the stars also. And that, that just so staggering. He made the stars also. That's it. What else can be said? The economy of words here is staggering. Twenty. You don't want to know this. $20 billion has been spent on exploring the moon. $20 billion. And one of the things they've been trying to figure out is how the moon evolved. That's right. That's been one of the major enterprises in moon exploration. So far, $20 billion has been spent on moon exploration. They have no information about how the moon evolved because it didn't. Evolution is clueless. They can't even explain how the moon evolved. How's it going to explain how our solar system evolved? And how's it going to explain how the Milky Way galaxy evolved along with everything else? One theory says that planets formed when a star, where did that star come from, by the way? 
passing near the sun, uh, by its magnetic field, the star was kind of just passing along by the sun. Where the sun came from, they don't say. Where the star came from, they don't say. And how they develop orbits, they don't say. But the star went by the sun, and its magnetic field tore matter off the sun. And that matter started doing whatever matter does to turn itself into a solar system. The more popular theory is that our solar system formed from a cloud of swirling gas, dust, and particles. They don't say where the gas, dust, and particles came from. And if that is true, if they all just sort of came together, the planets and their known moons must have evolved from the same material so you can assume that they would have common material and similarities, right? If they all came from the same stuff. They don't. They show the fingerprint of the Creator. Since, listen to this one, about 98% of the sun is hydrogen or helium. If, in fact, our solar system was created somehow by matter that tore off the sun, Earth, Mars, Venus, and Mercury should have similar composition. Instead, 98% of the sun is hydrogen and helium, but less than 1% of these planets is hydrogen and helium. There are no natural processes that could form stars which burn fuel hundreds of thousands of times more rapidly than our sun burns it. There are no explanations for how galaxies could come into being with their billions times billions of stars. And that's why it's so compelling to see in verse 16 that God made it all. T.S. Lewis took the discussion of the solar system evolution to its logical end. I quote from C.S. Lewis, If the solar system was brought about by an accidental collision, then the appearance of organic life on this planet was also an accident, and the whole evolution of man was also an accident. If so, then all our present thoughts are accidents. The accidental byproduct of the movement of atoms. This holds for the thoughts of the materialists and astronomers as well as for everybody else. But if their thoughts are merely accidents, why should we believe any of them? I see no reason, says C.S. Lewis, for believing that one accident should be able to give me a correct account of all the other accidents. And Lewis goes on, writing in his book on miracles, that was from God in the Dock, this is from miracles, he says, each particular thought is valueless if it is the result of irrational causes. Obviously, then, the whole process of human thought, what we call reason, is equally valueless if it is the result of irrational causes. Hence, every theory of the universe which makes the human mind a result of irrational causes is inadmissible, for it would be a proof that there are no such things as proofs, which is nonsense. But evolution is commonly held and is precisely a theory of this sort. Well, I mean, we could really be a member on it, couldn't we? The only explanation for the solar system, let's go back to verse 16. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day, the lesser light to govern the night, and made the stars also. And God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And here goes through the same three purposes, to separate, to dominate, and to elucidate, only in reverse order, to give light on the earth, that's to elucidate or eliminate, to 
heaven, the earth, uh, the day and night, that's to dominate, and thirdly, to separate the light from the darkness. The only explanation is that God made it all. The psalmist said it right, the heavens declare what? The glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. There is no other explanation. And then it says, and God, verse 18, saw that it was good. What does he mean? I told you what that phrase means. It's used in verse 10, after the dry land and the sea were separated. It's used in verse 12, after the trees and the plants. It means it was ready for habitation. It was good. And I love how it always signs off as in verse 19. And there was evening, and there was morning. Just in case somebody might not get it, this all happened in a 24-hour period. Verse 23, the same thing. There was evening, there was morning, a fifth day. Verse 31, there was evening, there was morning, the sixth day. And in chapter 2, verse 1, thus the heaven and earth were completed all their verse. And by the seventh day, God completed his work, and he rested on the seventh day. Thus did God create. I'm going to close taking you back to Psalm 8. Turn to Psalm 8, and we'll just finish there. Psalm 8, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth, who has displayed thy splendor above the heavens. He's looking at the macrocosm, looking way out, seeing the glory of God and the vastness of heavenly creation. And then he looks at the smallest, from the mouth of infants and nursing babes, thou hast established strength. Because of thine adversaries to make the enemy and the revengeful cease. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man? And you can be sure in the day of the psalmist, they probably didn't know as much as we know about what's out there, but it still staggered him that God who created the universe cared about him. What is man that thou dost take thought of him? And the son of man, that thou dost care for him. He's referring to humanity there. Yet thou hast made him a little lower than God, and crowned him with glory and majesty. We are the pinnacle of the divine creation. Thou dost make him the ruler of the works of thy hands. Thou dost put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the paths of the Syrian Lord, our Lord. How majestic is thy name in all the earth. You see, that was really what God was after in creation. God gave us the account of creation so we would praise him such as is done in Psalm 8, right? And what does the evolutionist do? The evolutionist robs God of his what? Of his glory. Robs God of his majesty. God be falling on his face, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic he is by name in all the earth. It's Grace to You Weekend with John MacArthur. Thanks for tuning in today. John's a pastor, an author, and chancellor of the Masters University and Seminary. His current study is titled The Battle for the Beginning. It's one of our most popular studies, and we're highlighting it as part of our year-long 50th anniversary celebration here on Grace to You. 
Now, throughout this series, John, you've emphasized the importance of believing that the earth is young and that God only took six days to create it. And I want to ask you now to talk more about why that is important. What else does someone have to give up or neglect or even outright reject to embrace evolution and believe with a popular scientific view that the earth is millions of years old? What, what does that cost us? Well, that costs the integrity of the Bible. If... Genesis 1 says that God created everything in six days, six essentially 24-hour days, evening and morning was the first day, evening and morning was the second day, so basically it's saying there's one rotation of the earth. If that's not true, then the scripture is misleading. That's false. And that is the bottom line. If you deny the creation account of Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, if you deny that God created man out of nothing, not at the end of an evolutionary process, if you deny that, you are denying the Bible. And you're denying the Bible at its very outset. So you don't even get to the, you don't even get through the first two chapters of the Bible before you're a, a heretic, before you're a skeptic. It needs to be said that any belief in evolution is contrary to what is written in Genesis 1 and 2. And it is also to be said, and this makes things, I think, more clear, that you cannot explain creation by any scientific method because it's not science. Creating everything out of nothing instantaneously by the word that he speaks in six days has no scientific explanation. Right, it's a miracle. It is the miracle of all miracles, the miracle of the vast, virtually endless universe and everything that is contained within it, all spoken into existence in six days by God. There is no scientific explanation for that. You have one eyewitness to creation, and that's God, and that's the eyewitness account. So you're doing two things if you deny the biblical account of creation. Number one, you are denying the text of Scripture, you're saying the Bible is not true. And two, you're denying the miracle of creation, which establishes the greatness and majesty and supernatural power and glory of God. So you're attacking God and you're attacking his word in the scripture. And you need to understand that. This is not a small issue. This is a very serious issue. I, I want to say a little about the book, The Battle for the Beginning, this is the book on Genesis and its opening chapters that I wrote some years ago. It explains all of this and a whole lot more. The book, The Battle for the Beginning, examines what Scripture says about the origin of the universe and mankind's fall into sin. And believe me, it comports with reality. You can get a copy from Grace to You. Right, and you want this book. Make sure you get one. The Battle for the Beginning shows you how Genesis 1 makes sense of the world and humanity and sin and ultimately redemption. Pick up a copy when you contact us today. The Battle for the Beginning is reasonably priced and shipping is free. To order, call 855-GRACE or visit gty.org. The Battle for the Beginning is also available in Spanish. Again, to place your order, call 855-GRACE or go to gty.org. And when you visit our website at gty.org, Make sure you download the Study Bible app. This free app gives you the full text of Scripture in the English Standard, King James, or New American Standard versions. And it also allows you to link instantly from whatever passage you're studying 
to related online resources, including study guides, blog articles, and sermons from John MacArthur. To download the app, again, it's simply called the Study Bible. Visit gty.org. Now for John MacArthur and the entire staff, I'm Phil Johnson, reminding you to watch Grace to You television on Sundays. Check your local listings for channel and times. We'll be here a week from now. John's going to look at one of the major reasons God created man. That's on the next installment of John's study, The Battle for the Beginning. Join us as we continue celebrating 50 years of unleashing God's truth, one verse at a time, on Grace to You Week.
Sorry about that. Let's get something to eat. Um, that was Goldfish with Before the Throw of God. And then now we have from, this is Answers in Genesis. Let's see. No change in a million years. Yo, they said it was over, man. They said it was over. But it ain't over. We just getting started. Yo, 7,000, we all at. Let's go. Stand up, stand up. If you truly love the son of man, trust. Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive. And his fame is going to spread across the land. What's up? Stand up, stand up. Does anybody love the son of man? Trust. Jesus is the king, so his people we will sing. And forever stay worthy is the land. What's up? No surprise, I'm back in your section With Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection More power than gravity His knowledge and strategies confound the academy Bow to his majesty He paid sin salary, took our blame on Calvary Those who love his name, spread his fame is the policy All eyes on the mattress price of his sacrifice Let's prize our master Christ and rise in the afterlife What, did we forget about the holiness of God or something? Did we forget that God owes us a rod or something? See the snake bruise when Christ came to save dudes Who hate truth, the gospel it's not fake news I got to send the gospel sweeter than it's ever been Ain't nothing changed, let us in, we got the medicine It's still human emergency, the serpent attack You think Jesus can't save? That's alternative facts Stand up, stand up If you truly love the son of man, trust Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive And his fame is gonna spread across the land What's up? Stand up, stand up Does anybody love the son of man, trust is the king, so his people we will sing and forever stay worthy is the land. What's up? Stop and listen to my composition. Lots of rhythm, but not traditional, kind of different. But God's consistent, no contradiction, my proposition. Through crucifixion, he mocked and crippled his opposition. It's not some fiction, I'm spitting, the Son of God is risen. And my incentive for godly living is I'm forgiven. Jesus came to unlock the prison. And through the Spirit, he brings a new birth like an obstetrician. At times I listen, a lot of Christian hip-hop is missing. The proposition is my suspicion, we drop the mission. Not to this, but the Word of God is it not sufficient. The doctrine is that the gospel fixes. I shot condition. God the Spirit supplies conviction through proper diction. Against the backdrop of our tradition, the gospel glistens. A squad of Christians go out and witness a God's commission. Cause Jesus Christ got the top position, no competition. Stand up, hands up. If you truly love the Son of Man, trust. Jesus is alive and 
Seven is famous, gonna spread across the land. What's up? Stand up, hands up. Does anybody love the son of man? Trust. Jesus is the king, so his people we will sing and forever stay worthy is the land. What's up? They want Jesus in the background like elevator music, but we gonna celebrate him, relegate him, we refuse it. They hate Christian hip-hop, I peep myself. They say we too redundant, well let me repeat myself. What I gotta say almost feels too real to stay. Sit back and feel the weight of what a real estate. Cause yo, Jesus Christ got me in the real estate. I'm purchased property, I feel like I'm real estate. If the father wasn't gracious, no sin in him. Again, he came straight blameless, no sin in him. Again, nothing's been the same since, no sin in him. Again, fakers lack his fragrance, no sin in him. This is not the picture in a frame to still Jesus. Nah, we serve the rock, the harder than still Jesus. So how are we gonna be silent, let the world still Jesus? When the world and its trends pass away, it's still Jesus. Then, up, hands up, if you truly love the Son of Man, trust, Jesus is alive and his people he'll revive and his fame is gonna spread across the land, what's up, stand up, hands up, does anybody love the Son of Man, trust, Jesus is the King, so his people we will sing and forever stay worthy is the land, what's up, Thanks for listening to me, Mosey Cantor here on Trippy Toll Radio. What I'm going to do for you next is going to play a song by Goldfish's Shelter in a Timeless Storm. <laughs>
transplant with a passion for sharing the truth of God's word. Scientists recently found a fossil spider preserved in tree resin. Now, it was supposedly 100 million years old. It had bangs, four pairs of legs, and spirits to produce silk. Unlike living spiders, this one had a tail that was longer than its body. Scientists think maybe it was some kind of antenna. While one researcher believes this spider might still be alive, since that area of the world isn't well studied. So evolutionists apparently don't have a problem with a spider living for 100 million years without evolving. Evolution tries to explain everything, including even the lack of evolution. Get more information on creation and evolution at AnswersRadio.com and subscribe to receive free daily email insights from Ken Ham when you visit AnswersRadio.com.
Big shit. 
hip in 2012 Around the time Jackie asked me about Calvinism Christian hip-hop found a different algorithm And crossed over without taking the crossover Made us all sober Years later, is it all over? Trip asked me if I was still motivated I was quiet, but I wanted to say no, I hate it Cause brothers in your camp causing lots of confusion I love them as brothers in Christ, but not their conclusions They want to reach the world by all means, keep pursuing it But tell me, why they gotta diss the church while they doing it? That's what I wanted to say, but I ain't say it though But no more laying low, I want them to play it slow And I ain't dissing them, my prayers are the proof Like Boaz without Ruth is unity without truth CHH is like gorillas in the mist With no brotherly love, it's like Philly don't exist What's happening here? It's a different atmosphere Cats appear most concerned about a rap career Brothers overseas being slain in the sand While we're vain in our plan, taking fame in some fans And I ain't got time to philosophize Satan got a plot device I'm seeing lots of guys apostatize On top of all that, Donald Trump's the president It's all good though, cause Jesus Trump's the president So more than ever, I'm trying to rep the Lord who bled And we ain't never gonna stop working I'm just trying to give a healthy demonstration of theocentric music for the selfie generation. See, the problem is sin, no riddle in it. Cause all sin got I in the middle of it. We're mad to praise and truly evil. We need to be born again without a Matt Damon movie sequel. In the gospel, God addresses our depravity. The lamb slain at Calvary, the depths of his agony. He rose from the grave with abundant grace. And when we come in faith, he'll bring us up from the sunken place. Our sins decrepit, depths left the mess. No rest was left till Jesus put death to death. The beauty of the victory truly is a mystery. The cross of Jesus Christ is at the nucleus of history. Before the cross, they were saved on credit. After the cross, we've been saved on debit. Since our champion in the great war suffered, we gonna proclaim his death like the Lord suffer. So welcome to the Still Jesus Project. Yo, we just getting started and we got a lot left. Comprehend. 
They don't come close to understanding How you can go from most demanded To abandoned in the ocean stranded Surrounded by the waves of your weariness Some things you only learn from age and experience And it's plain to me that all the famous men you see The time is coming when they will be a faded memory Cause one day you hot, the next day you not One day you on top, next day you get dropped Yeah, what in the world was your mind thinking? You couldn't see the sand of time sinking Cause one day you hot, the next day you not One day you on top, next day you get dropped, yeah Better plan for the future, kid Time catches up to everyone, no matter who yeah. it is Whatever happened to so-and-so, that's what they wanna know Eventually we learn that they all come and go Today's rising star, tomorrow dies with scars Today they all struck, tomorrow you washed up I remember watching Jordan's Hall of Fame speech Thinking this is what it's like to watch the lame reach and gasp But he tries to grasp what lies in the past Never to return, what lies in the past Did he tell himself, was he lost or sober? Did he know it was all but over? The moment that AI crossed him over If I could be like, didn't include dying light Let's shine the light on the one they call Iron Mike Nowadays he's known for being all weird But back in 88, nobody was more feared at the peak of his powers, his opponents would retreat in moments he would eat and devour. Snuff with punches, but we must discuss this. Crushed it just enough to trust his toughness. Pride brings us to justice. You puffed up with smugness? You gonna meet Buster Douglas. Amazing that, which blazed like Petro. The new praise that made the waves in the metro. Was praised for days, but just a phase like retro. And fades like echoes. Echoes, echoes, echoes. Cause one day you hot, the next day you not One day you on top, next day you get dropped, yeah What in the world was your mind thinking? You couldn't see the sand of time sinking Cause one day you hot, the next day you not One day you on top, next day you get dropped, yeah Better plan for the future, kid Time catches up to everyone, no matter who it is What I'm speaking on is seriously welcomed by the few Even no experience to tell you that it's true On your radio station, this won't be found on the playlist Wisdom, the sound of the stages, resounding for ages The older I get, I notice it The whole of the script, hmm, it's found in the pages A holy writ, not the cash speech of the reverend But what a man sees under heaven Ecclesiastes 111 No matter who you are, death aims to stop you Whether banker, doctor, or Frank Sinatra before your time is done, meet the timeless one The dying, death-defying, rising, shining sun King Jesus astounds and amazes He pounded the pavement to save those who were bound to their cages So let us praise the one who made the Everglades Our debt was paid, so in glory we'll never fade Never fade, never fade Well, your answer depends on your worldview. Is you're an evolutionist? 
you'd likely agree with the researchers who found the fossil specimen. They said it was a dinosaur tail. So, why not a bird? Well, that's because of the evolutionary worldview that insists dinosaurs had feathers, and therefore, birds are dinosaurs. But starting with the Bible, birds just aren't dinosaurs. Those fossil feathers were bird feathers. Tell your visit to the full-size Noah's Ark in Northern Kentucky when you visit us at AnswersRadio.com. Then subscribe to receive free daily email insights at AnswersRadio.com.
did my visual fish in that. And the, uh, that's all for the show we got today. The go out with Auntie and friends and the VI Billy. Bye for now.